0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome, fellow diplomats. This is Civil War Diplomacy, where we seek to ease tensions in the ongoing cold civil war that we are facing by opening up some communication between the various political factions in our country my name is Jordan Jenso. I am the host and a self-appointed representative for the quote-unquote democratic establishment. I've uh, created the show to get myself outside of my own bubble that we all have um, by trying to interact with those who don't share the same perception as me. And I really want to give others the opportunity to scrutinize my positions, my Um, what I see going on in my perception of it, while also actively listening to them to try to better understand their side of things. uh, Because I think it's important for us as a country in this time to uh, try to get back to what politics should be rather than what it's become. So this is our first episode. I want to thank you for listening or watching. My uh, guest today is James Bruni, a fellow realtor a friend of mine from livingston county we both are in real estate professionally and uh politics as you know a a interest of ours we ran uh for office this year i ran for the democratic candidate for livingston county clerk he ran as a republican for county commission this was his second time running this year um but yeah so james welcome to the show
1: Jordan, hey, thanks for putting this on uh, because, honestly, it's a high risk. And you know what's crazy is we have never met before. We're in the same field. And uh, I think the only time we've really crossed paths is on Facebook. Like, you'll do a zinger comment on one of my posts, and then I'll do a hit and run. But, honestly, um, it's all been good fun. But I look forward to having just good discussions Yeah, it, uh,
0: it doesn't happen enough. And, and it's why I really – I wanted you to be the first guest is because you and I, we've been Facebook friends, but we've not really had an in-depth conversation. So we're not coming to this conversation with any sort of past, you know, experience of, of, you know, things that we'll be referencing. This is all fresh for us. And so what the listeners will hear is, is what I want other people to be doing when they have new conversations politically with pe- you know, their friends and family that they've uh, just starting to engage with. So.
1: Yeah, and it's cool. I promise you, I, it's not about so many times these things become who can have the best zinger and stuff like that. And I, th- I think it really is about just having good discussion. Um, like you said, like our country's always had bouncing of ideas off of each other, and um, and it's not always been pretty in our country's history. But we were in a unique situation where it's like there's no. Ugliness, it's more like you're going to be in your camp, I'm going to be in my camp, and we ain't crossing.
0: Yes. Yes, the bubbles are real, and we've all got to be proactive in trying to get ourselves outside of them. So anybody tuning in, whatever bubble you're in, you're going to be hearing somebody else from outside of it, and I think that uh, is a value to them. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it a little bit with you know, just – I want the show to have some – conversation about current events that are going on and then later on we'll just do a general policy discussion on on you know just different big picture items but for current events obviously right now the Biden administration has yet to take office so there's nothing where you know there's some issue that I'd have to play defense for you know in a way um but instead let's discuss the election itself and um the lawsuits that uh, the Trump administration and and the Republicans are bringing because it's about like 80 percent of the Republicans view the results of the election as not legitimate. And I think that that's a a scary thing for our nation right now. Um, And so I wanted to kind of get a feel for what your perception is. is Did you think that the election was – Legit? Do you view there as being problems um, that you know n- need further investigation? What What are your thoughts on you know is the Biden administration going to be a legitimate winner of the election?
1: So I, I do think, and uh, some Republicans might not like this. I don't believe in throwing lawsuits out there just to make the result what we want to be because that's what we want. I want to be legitimate reasons. I, I have not looked into every case and I'll be honest. I am a, I, I listen to some pretty hardcore right wing stuff sometimes. Um, and I do believe some of the things you've probably heard about the scorecard and the hammer and voting machines could, could have been turned around and stuff like that. Um, so I, no matter what happens, it does look like most likely the electors are going to elect Joe Biden in the electoral college. Uh, the most important thing to me is I think we both sides need to come together and, and call each other's bluff and just say, come on, this is not the way we run an election. Um, I know the Democratic term tends to be like you're disenfranchising voters. And you know that's probably not – totally legit like right. in reality we all should probably have an id we need one to do anything else in life and we should probably do our best it's in everybody's best interest to say hey whatever the result is it is but let's just do it in a way when where we know it's the safest normalest way possible um because we know and i don't want to take too much time because well, you need to talk too Like even, even like my father in law, he got three different ballots at his house unsolicited for three different names.
0: Did he get ballots, or was it the absent voter ballot application? Because that's the crucial difference. There is the applications. I know went out to the masses. Yeah, the ballots themselves are where the crux of the issue lies, And, and you know ballots that are being received by people who did not request them or people that aren't you know, alive any longer. Like you have to track the ballots. But the applications themselves, those are just a form that you can print off online and, and you, know, you can yeah. you know, send it to anybody you want. There, there is no actual undermining of the election or no fraud occurring just by receiving an application. It's, it's the actual returning the application and getting a ballot back that's where you know problems can start to arise. If, but I've not actually seen any of that um, occurring.
1: Yeah. So I'll be honest. I can't confirm, and this is secondhand information. So I'm. It could have been just an application. I believe that. Um, but the whatever the process is, let's all follow it and 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 just do it and realize the results are going to be what they are. And here's here's one of the weaknesses. In both sides, and we talked about briefly before we started, is everybody wants to hear the news that tells them what they want to hear, and sometimes it's real information, sometimes it's misinformation on both sides, and um, it's kind of scary, you know. If and it it gets really hard whether you'd watch CNN, MSNBC, or I watch Newsmax, Fox News. Sometimes it gets hard to really as an individual know what are the real real facts.
0: Right. And that is I think what is causing so much of the division is when, you know, as you just used the example with the the ballots, the three ballots being received, and you know, it's not clear what is the fact there. Is it was it really ballots or were they applications? And that fact being the difference between fraud and just you know nothing to really be concerned about when the media I mean I did a deep dive last week into um I read a Red State article and at the end of it it was talking about this you know dead cat receiving an absentee ballot back in July. And I'm like, wait a minute, the cat that's been dead for 12 years received an absentee ballot according to this article. So I clicked through the link and it was just referring to another article written by the same author. And at the end, he again mentioned the absentee ballot received by this dead cat. And I clicked through and I clicked through and I finally get to the source, which is a local news report of the cat receiving an absentee ballot application because some organization had just you know gotten a database of uh names and addresses and decided to mail out you know they cross referenced it with the voter database and anybody that wasn't in the voter database but was in this names and address database, well there's a potential voter so they send them a application to register to vote not even an application for a ballot but an application to register to vote and in the media conservative bubble that got that evolved into a dead cat receiving a ballot, which a dead cat receiving a ballot, absolutely, that is horrible. That would be fraud. That would make our elections not safe or not something we could rely on. But a dead cat receiving a voter registration form, there's no there there. That's not a thing. And so, you know, when these bubbles can take that one story and turn it into something else, that is where we have to all do our best to get back to what the actual reality of it is, um, because that's where then you know we can find our subjective disagreements, but we at least share objective reality. And I think that uh, is what we need more of.
1: Yeah, because I think the most important thing is both sides need to get their facts right. Because all of a sudden they'll catch something either on Facebook, they'll start sharing it, and then when it comes out to be totally not true or totally nuts they look foolish both sides and and it's like but it used to be we used to joke probably as long as i've been politically active oh mickey mouse voted this year dead people voted and and i'll be honest i have now looked at all the stats and stuff to know how much it actually happened but maybe this is a wake-up call that it's not a joke for either side, let's get it right and figure out something we can all agree on and make it pretty standardized. Like, yeah. should should only the Secretary of State be able to send out an application or, or you know, and I will say the, and I could be wrong, um, could be totally wrong, but the massive vote totals on, on both sides, um, obviously the focus is on the Biden side being fraudulent. I, if Republicans are doing negative things or stuff not to par, I'm not down with that either uh, because integrity to me matters more than anything. Um,
0: but um, well, and that's where with like the affidavits because that's what the lawsuits keep referencing. You know, these affidavits claiming wrongdoing, and, and that's where then you know the vote. Should the vote total should not be trusted, you know because yeah joe biden 's votes supposedly were fraudulent um, because of all these affidavits, but when you dive into what the affidavits are saying, they aren 't you know just that 's why the courts have been throwing the cases out because there is no actual substance behind them it 's one of those things where anybody can file an affidavit saying something as silly as, "Oh, you know, I was a poll watcher, and you know even though I live in the precinct where i was watching the polls you know most of the people that were showing up i don't recognize them yet i i know most of my neighbors so you know those people that were showing up they must not actually be living in the district they were coming from outside the district that could be an affidavit it there's nothing there that actually shows fraud it's the poll watcher just doesn't know everybody in their precinct obviously um but you know so the quantity versus quality I don't care if there's 10,000 affidavits that are just meaningless like that. If, if any of them had any sort of quality or any substance behind them, the courts, yeah, they, they've looked through it. The courts would have found something to say, OK, yeah, here is an actual problem with you know votes being counted that should not have been counted. Because, yeah, you and I, I'm assuming we're in total agreement. We want all legitimate votes to count. Um, and then we'll we'll probably have some disagreement on the policies that help to ensure that the legitimate votes are counted cuz you know there may be some subjective disagreement over you know okay well here's a policy that really tightens things but in the you know by doing so you kind of prevent some legitimate votes as well and and i'm of the mindset that a legal voter being blocked from casting their vote is just as harmful to our elections as an illegal vote that's being counted. Either way, it's throwing off the result of the election equally. And so I I do not support any policies and you had alluded to um, voter identification. When I was running for county clerk this year, I mean that's one of those where we have a subjective disagreement because – I view voter ID laws as being more likely to prevent a legal vote from being cast than an illegal one. I don't actually perceive there to be any voter impersonation that is occurring. Um, I think that you know the sometimes it is attempted and they are you know caught pretty easily whether it's somebody showing up to vote as a dead person you know, and they just say, oh, they yeah. don't have an ID. You know, There's been people who have tried that to show, oh, voter impersonation can happen. They show up and the person working the poll is like, no, I know this person. You're not him. You know, that's my neighbor. You, know, you have so many safeguards in place that if voter impersonation was actually occurring, it can be caught. Um, and so if that's what you're trying to prevent with voter ID requirements – then you have to look at, okay, well, what about those who don't have a voter you know, a, a driver's license, for instance? Yeah. You know, whether it's somebody who had their wallet stolen recently or, you know, they're just they live in an area where they don't drive and they don't have the birth certificate and all the different documentation you need to get a driver's license. That's not a large number of people, but mm-hmm. from my perception, that's a larger group of people than the Minuscule number of attempts at voter impersonation,
1: yeah. I and and here's here's a bigger thing is I, I think it's got to be a both sides, you know, kind of discussion. Is so obviously that's the flag that the left has planned and the right has planned a different flag. What can we do to agree to more ensure just hey, that's right? Um, because like. I, here's And here's something we both know to be true. I, our society, I, I, Americans, we take it for granted. Um, it's very unique, the peaceful transfer of power and, and votes counting. And, and if we get to a point, um, rather legit or unlegit, where people start questioning it, yeah. our whole society is based on each other trusting that my vote matters and Otherwise, we might as well be the mafia or or, or Russia or China. You know right. where it is rigged. Um, like uh, Stam Hussein. Oh, imagine that! I won again. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, it's like, uh,
0: and and I I do feel that those on the left, yeah, we strongly support the concept of democracy. I, when I've run for office, I've told people, you know, even if you're voting against me, I still want you to vote because I I want the Elections to be the best representation of the majority of the voters. I, I, I and so, you know, there are times where on the left I will see it where people are like, "No, you don't." You know, you want to discourage that group from voting. It's like, no, I I am a true believer in the concept. And like, yeah, Livingston County, I am securely in the minority in Livingston County as a Democrat. I you know I got my third of the vote because. I wanted to give the voters a choice. I think it's very important that, you know, each election voters have a choice. Um, and, and yeah, then the outcome reflects the will of the people. Whereas if there is no choice, the outcome is really just, you know, decided before the election even occurs. And so I think that in making sure that, yeah, I the conservative side right now is who I perceive to be. Undermining the faith in our democracy, and I don't know what I can do to help try to bring them back from that. I, with all these lawsuits, with all the Republicans signing on to that Texas case, yeah, you know, they, that's a scary sign. And I, I don't think it's there's anything in my power. You know, if I try to convince them otherwise, they're just gonna, you know, disregard me as a liberal that they don't want to listen to, but. It's almost like we have to police our own side in a way, and since I'm not on that side, I, I don't know what to do. And one one thing I will say,
1: this would get me in trouble with some conservative people, but and I, I have not read all the lawsuits, but I believe if there's stuff to be found wrong, let's fix it. Yeah. And, and if it's totally screwed up, hey, let's find a way to revote, which stinks too, but I, I'm not actually in favor of these lawsuits that said – Hey, here's all these ir- irregularities. So let's just change the winner by a court decision, um, without retabulating or something like. To me, that that is crazy. Um, well, because a lot of
0: those lawsuits also then rely on the assumption that the any votes that should not have been counted but were, you know, that those votes are automatically benefiting Biden. Whereas if you take you know any random vote and try to say, well, that vote shouldn't count. I don't know why a lawsuit would presume that vote to have been a democratic vote rather than a Republican vote when there is no basis for that, just to say that oh, this pool of votes you know should not count, therefore automatically the republicans win
1: yeah and and we don't have time to go over every little evidence, every little case but I, I will say from from my side or from the conservative side you know some maybe in the weeds, but some. definitely seems to be legit what's gone on in Wayne County and stuff where even if it was done right, it sure gives a a stinky appearance, you know? And, um, you know,
0: and be referring to out of curiosity, you know,
1: everything from, and here's, here's the good side of face of social media. Sometimes the bad stuff you have the stuff of, taping the the blocking of the windows on the doors and stuff and um and stuff like that, not yeah. letting pole challengers in and, Okay, and, can
0: I provide the explanation for that to see what you would respond with? Uh I mean you could, yeah. Yeah, cuz yeah. okay, so you have yeah, the the people, you know, inside counting and all that. And you have people outside videotaping and they're doxing some of the election workers mm-hmm. and and so you know then so in there have been election workers who were recorded by you know the republicans or the conservative mm-hmm. activists and accused then of being involved in something nefarious and so then you know when the video gets spread on in the social media bubbles on the right those election workers then were being harassed and targeted and so you know it it's you have to be authorized to record inside of an election center and, and yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not just the right of everybody in the public to do so. And so boarding up the windows in order to keep the election workers safe from harassment, I view that as a legitimate action of the county. I, I don't view that as something that automatically then presumes something nefarious or, or illegitimate going on. I know it can be spun that way. I just mm-hmm. don't – I think the the other explanation is rational and reasonable and, and so I, I, it's – when those are the examples being brought up to try to say, OK, this doesn't look right, I want it to be where, OK, it doesn't look right but here's the explanation – Does that explanation carry water then? And so if if that is true for each thing that doesn't look right, then everything does – should in the end look right.
1: Yeah, and and I think – and I don't want to keep this topic going too long, but I I want you to direct it. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think – I think we've got – obviously, I'd love the Trump camp to keep fighting if there's stuff that we keep finding wrong. But on the flip side, I think we as a country have a great – um, great chance. I mean, maybe nothing gets overturned. It goes as is. Uh, but we've got a great chance to come together and say, Hey, how do we do this better as a country to get it right? You know, and, and everybody be on the same page. And even as a democracy or, or a Republic, um, uh, I think a bigger issue, like what if you were a legit, legit, Third party or something like a libertarian? How do they monitor their votes in polling? I don't even know how that works, yeah. and it should be a fair system, even if they can't. obviously I don't want the communist party to have a fair shake. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think it's it's not just a Republican and Democrat; it's it's all Americans. What is the best way of doing it, and not just necessarily how it's better for your side or my side, but how is it better for America? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I think. If we truly have discussions like this with different sides, maybe we can improve on this thing. Because yeah. uh there's always room for improvement.
0: I think so too. And yeah, it's it's moving towards that more perfect union. That's yeah. what I wholeheartedly believe in. And yeah, our democracy always is a constantly improving the the system of democracy, small d, you know, democratic. Um but yeah, and so I mean, if if you want to move on, you know, would you oh, want it's to, up to you. I want yeah. you to direct the Let, show. Let's, and- let's discuss the COVID situation. You know, the whether it's the relief package or the vaccine or any of the you know different shutdowns. You know, what what is your perception about what's been good, like what what has been successful, um, and what has gone too far?
1: So this is a it's a very so. This has been a very tough thing for me. Uh, I tend to be more conservative, kind of a risk taker a little bit. Uh, And so, like, do I wear my mask in where I'm supposed to wear a mask? Yes. Uh, But on the flip side, do I believe in them? I don't know. It's iffy. Um, But on the flip side, I'm careful to judge people who have different opinions. Like, Mm -hmm. it's wrong of me to say, oh, you you fool. What are you wearing a mask for? Like, you're not going to you know. So it's, it's one of those things where I don't like either side's opinion to be infringed on. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with the shutdown. As realtors, like, um, you know, we were shut down for, Couple I don't months, know, yeah. <laughs> 12 weeks or something like that. Yeah. It, it cost me like $20,000 or something like that. Crazy. yeah. Um, and so, like, I guess, I don't know if we want to go this direction, but- Executive Orders uh, by Gretchen Whitmer. Mm-hmm. Um, first time I really started to them were during Obama, and then Trump does them too. Mm-hmm. Whitmer does them. I have a problem. I don't know if this is – maybe I need to review my political history a little bit, but um, it's a little scary how easy just one person on either side can just create an order, and I don't think that's healthy. Um,
0: I, I agree that uh, that yeah, putting too much power in an executive branch, whether it's the governor's office or the white House um I think that that is less than ideal for sure. I feel as though it has evolved and and slowly just drifted that way as a consequence of the gridlock that so often occurs on the legislative branch, whether in Congress or in Lansing um where when the you don't have the healthy and l- debate and discussion and loyal opposition going on in congress so nothing really happens then yeah the executive branch is going to decide okay I can't wait on the other branch to get their act together I've got to you know figure out what avenues I can go down to to s- implement the changes that we want to implement um it's Not the way I would want it to occur. And I mean, with executive action, then the next person can come in and completely reverse it. And so that's what I assume the Biden is going to, Biden administration will do with a lot of, you know, Trump's executive orders. It's, it's, yeah, it is just a symptom though of our broken government, you know, whereas I think the dysfunction in the legislative branch is more at the root cause of that.
1: And, and I I don't know I, I feel bad if I hijacked and took us in a wrong direction no. but this is probably at least to me one of the biggest issues I wish we'd figure out because um because maybe the you, you talk about the divisions and and I the crazy thing I, I'm not a historian by you know high means but I think that's the way the founders intended it. Hey, there are no executive orders. We're going to sit and hammer it out until somebody budges or or we figure this thing out. There was no executive order to save us. And and I think it was intended that way. And we're- If
0: you look at like, okay, Lansing- So, you know, the, the state Supreme Court ruled that the 1947 law that, um, Gretchen Whitmer was using as the basis for her executive orders. Now, they ruled that that law was unconstitutional. And so it took away, you know, her powers in some ways. Um, the, the legislature then, though, should, in my opinion, have then put forth what they would want to do instead. and, And we've seen nothing out of Lansing. You know, they they have really just kind of shrugged their shoulders like, you know, they can't come up with any sort of regulations or, or safety precautions that they do actually support. And during a pandemic, that is kind of concerning if the legislative side is unable to, you know, get their act together and not be frozen. You don't want the whole government to then freeze and do nothing. It, you know, if, if it then takes the executive side to step in to say, Hey, you know, until you guys do something and, and send something to my desk, we're going to do this instead. It's again, not what I want. Yeah. But I, I understand the benefit of that compared to the alternative of just complete frozen, nothing, no action whatsoever.
1: Yeah. And here's the scary thing to me, though. What if what if someone just was bent on, like, ain't no way I'm wearing a mask, but there's no way they're buying groceries without them? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's it's weird that someone could say, hey, you're wearing a mask, and well, you're not going in that store ever. Uh, that's kind of crazy to me. And, and it's not necessarily that the mask is a big deal. It's more like, where does that lead us to? And
0: the... What's okay? Well, I mean, from the get-go, I always viewed the masks as something. Oh yeah, I can definitely you know, wear a mask in public because I wear a shirt in public. And and as soon as they said that I had to wear a shirt inside the store, you know, you could then say, okay, well that led us down the path to now they requiring masks. And what is that going to lead us down the path to? Well, I mean, I don't view the mask as all that much more cumbersome than a shirt or shoes you know it, requiring clothing in order to go out in public there's a rationale behind it you know public safety that's why you have to wear shoes you know for foot fungus and such like it it's there's a legit reason and so i wouldn't support you know requiring people to have to you know wear some crazy thing that yeah. doesn't have a basis behind it it's, you know a a rational health you know, but, but yeah, I, so I think that, you know, those who don't want to wear a mask, they are put out for sure, but no more or less so than those who don't want to wear a shirt.
1: No, I, I, you know, I have not heard that side of it. And, and there's, I mean, there's a, there's a point to it. It's, it's more, and sometimes they use this as a cop-out, you know, sometimes I've got, I don't want to say affirmatively I'm 100% right, but I've got more questions than answers sometimes on what's the right thing and how far down the slippery slope do we let ourselves go to where it leads to unintended places. Um, because even as I'm a Republican, but I have a libertarian bend of my Republican-ish, and it's like, you know, within reason, let me do what I want to do. I want you to be able to do what you want to do. And we're going to be a happy family, you oh, yeah. know? And, uh, I don't know. It, it's, it definitely at least raises my antennas a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and that's where, I mean, I think we'd find a lot of common ground because I, I have a lot of, you know, civil libertarian aspects to my positions. And so th- for things like the vaccine, um, you know, I, I do not support mandating the vaccine. Um, and, and, so I think when it comes to you know people who are inside their house and what the government can tell them to do, at that point, absolutely, I, I think you know the government can't enter your house and in, in, and get down to that level, you know, nearly as freely as they can intervene in in the public settings because that is where they are supposed to you know play a role in protecting and looking out for the whole society rather than just. You know allowing freed, freedom to result in the powerful you know taking taking advantage of the weak and so um i mean i I do think that you know there this larger issue of freedom and libertarianism i I get how that can lead a lot of people to yeah being opposed to masks um it's just you know where I personally draw the line is as soon as you start interacting with others that's when the government, for me, does have a you know a legit role to play.
1: No, and I understand that. And I don't know if we even want to go down this rabbit trail, but I liked what you said about government interaction. And I, I'll even call out my own party a little bit. Obviously, we, we control the Senate and the House of Michigan and uh, the Senate nationally. Um, one of the big things is, uh, along with both sides trusting the vote and things like that, there used to be a general respect of the other side at one time, yeah. um, where you didn't have to you didn't have to water down your values or what you believe. But there's a general respect of how we do things in government, and I think that's where the executive orders used to be like. It's almost like we're rewriting how we do things based on whims rather than our laws and whether we filibuster, don't filibuster, all this stuff, slam through our legislation, Supreme Court stuff on both sides. Um, that's that's kind of a scary thing. And I don't know if we can legislate bringing that back, but that society used to understand – you know, there's just a general respect in how to do things, and uh, I, I think I, part of our interactions, we're afraid to give Whitmer anything where she could get a pat on her back. Right. You know, and well, and and yeah,
0: absolutely. The the Democrats have been very hesitant to you know point out anything that Trump ever did that was correct. I I would say Operation Warp Speed. Tremendous credit goes to the Trump administration for that program. I think but that's because it's easy for me to say that as a democrat because i do believe that government can be a force for good and can you know be involved in solving problems so operation warp speed is the government intervening to help you know solve a crisis that we have that that is very much aligned with my view of government whereas you know those who think government is the problem they're not going to then happy with operation warp speed but they're more likely to align with Trump and so they they'll give Trump a pass for that you know if Trump did it they're okay and so me pointing to that as something good that Trump did you know that side's going to say okay good then you know Trump deserves credit they'll, they'll gladly accept it without looking at what it is that it means it means that yeah the government did something right to help solve this crisis and and absolutely, whenever the government does that, I don't care if it you know is a Republican or a Democrat that is who's doing it. I applaud when the government solves problems, and I will give credit to those who who made that possible.
1: No, and that's what I was. I I tell people sometimes. I just wish we could get back to where, well, it's Republican or Democrat. It's like, hey, if Obama did something good, hey, good job, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he did something bad. <laughs> Get him out of there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, it, the fear of either side doing something good for us all just because you don't get credit, it's something – that's not how we teach our kids to act, right. you know? Right. Uh, it's like uh, – no, it's just a, – it's a interesting times and I don't know how to bring us back, but um, – Well,
0: and so, okay, with the COVID relief package that passed back yeah. in you know the early spring time – you know, that was something that yeah. Again, you know, both sides came together to find something that you know was necessary to do. There was, I think, three relief packages ended up getting passed. You know, over like March, April, and yeah. May. Yeah. Um, and each of those were necessary component. Now, with any legislation, you're going to find things inside that you could nitpick and be opposed to, and. If it gets to, you know, crosses a line, you're going to then automatically oppose the entire bill just because of that one thing that crosses the line for you personally. Um, I, I'm more of a moderate who I understand there's got to be some give and take, and there are times where, okay, I don't like how much money was just going to the large businesses rather than the small businesses, but to fight to make that perfect would only then result in nothing getting passed and more gridlock. And, and so you've sometimes got to accept those imperfections. Um, and so, I mean, I, I think though with the Biden administration coming in and if the Senate is still controlled by Republicans, I am concerned that we're just going to go back to 2009 when Mitch McConnell said you know his number one goal was to make Obama a one-term president. And so then they obstructed – Everything you know we, we were at that point in the middle of an emergency with the financial crisis, and the Republicans uniformly opposed you know the the stimulus package and and they tried to block everything they could. Now the Democrats had majorities at the time, um, so they were able to still get some things passed. But had the Republicans controlled the Senate and Mitch McConnell taken that same position of you know number one goal, preventing Obama from getting reelected. I don't think anything would have passed at all in 2009, 10, 11, 12. Um, and then it get, falls on the voters. What? How do the voters respond to that action? And I think that's where a lot of our problems stem from is the voters don't punish those bad actors. They, they – they, the those who obstruct often get rewarded for obstructing, yet in the – vague sense we all agree obstruction you know we we don't want gridlock and, and the government to be dysfunctional but when we're in the voting booth and we're voting for those who helped cause the dysfunction there's that disconnect and it, i don't know what the solution is to that
1: yeah and here's here's the biggest thing uh and i don't know throughout history if politicians have always been considered i don't know like Jokesters or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. It seems at one time they were considered noble people. Now it's kind of like the runny joke, like anybody in politics or some shady buster character or they ain't doing anything really. And I don't don't mean that to disparage my friends or elected officials. But there's just such a mistrust in all politicians. And I won't give you specifics, but – I question stuff that happens with Democrats, uh our politicians, like how do they mysteriously get rich? And I question how Republicans mysteriously get rich. I'm like don't you dare call them public servants mm-hmm. it, it, when all the public sees is like hey, they're serving
0: themselves. Yeah. And well, and that's served then by the dysfunction because you you and I, you know, we uh, yeah, I don't want anybody in office enriching themselves. From that position, you know where they, you know the insider trading basically that goes on with members of Congress. Like, I don't care which side is doing it. I, I want them to be prevented from doing so. But when you and I want then for that to be solved, and it doesn't get solved, it just gets chalked up as more dysfunction. It, uh, they can't pass anything. Of course, they're not going to be able to pass reform to you know that that restricts their ability to get wealthy. You know from their Certainly on you know, their roles, and so it's it's just something that you know if we're going to get a functioning government back, you know, and then we can work to solve these things that you and I would be able to agree because they're not partisan. It's it's more just good governance versus those who are, in a way, hurt by good governance, which is the you know, the the self interested politicians getting rich, then. Yeah, we we can't we can't restore faith in the system as a whole until you know we we bring that back of of yeah being able to see what we want enacted into law actually enacted into law.
1: Yeah, and here's the thing: I know a lot of incumbents; they have zero fear of not getting reelected, Republicans or Democrats. And this troubling thing, I. I they all do it. It seems like not all, because there's some good patriots out there. But it's like do as I say, but not as I do type stuff. It's like, hey, here's what we want you to do, but you know, it doesn't apply to me. And and I won't. We're not gonna throw it. Like both sides have done that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's it's
0: it's I, the result of gerrymandering, though, in a lo- in a large way. Like when you know we live in Livingston County we know going into an election what the outcome is going to be now that's not because of gerrymandering that's just because you know it's a area where the constituents are going to vote for yeah. the person who has an r after their name no matter what and and so you know when the when you can go into an election already knowing when the tribalism has gotten so bad that the voters just use that shortcut of party identification and and yeah i mean I'm just now as tribal in that way as you know anybody on the right because yeah I automatically know I I can't vote for Republicans anymore you know and and there's a lot of Republicans locally that I like and respect you know we have a Drain Commissioner a great guy you know that yeah I you know I almost wish more of the races didn't have the party label um, but when those races are predetermined based on yeah the, the what the party ID is then you don't have accountability for the elected officials. And so we do need to bring back swing voters, which is hypocritical of me to say as I am not one, but we can't bring back swing voters. It's it's a catch 22. You can't bring back swing voters until those who are elected, regardless of their party ID, try to do, you know, try to appeal to both sides. But when, when they're not trying to appeal to both sides because if they don't appeal to both sides, then they already know the outcome and it's in their benefit. Then, yeah, it's 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 a catch-22.
1: And I think I think what political junkies like you and me forget, like uh, most – I maybe I'm wrong in this. But I think probably 15 percent of the people that say, hey, I'm hardcore Republican, follow politics. 15 percent say I'm hardcore Democrats. The rest – could probably not give a crud <laughs> until election time and they're caught in the middle they're like hey yeah. i just want something done right yeah. i don't i don't care and i'm somehow caught in the middle and um
0: that's one thing i was so happy to see this election cycle is how many more people turned out to vote for both side. i mean you know, Trump increased his vote by that's, millions.
1: That's because Mickey Mouse voted 100 times. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I'm but kidding. yeah, and, and to see, you know, just like the more there's turnout, the more than, you know, the outcome reflects the will of the majority. And that uh, higher voter turnout is is a great goal, in my opinion. And, yeah, you know, as a county clerk candidate, that was another thing that I was pushing for is just good governance in general is any policy that helps create more turnout and and i think that uh you know that is another way you know if we can apply that to the primaries that's where i think then we can get to bring back some sense of moderation or just the holding legislators accountable if they do do wrong um then yeah i mean you know getting them out at a primary is the most likely way then to hold them accountable. But it seems as though the primary voters are just even a smaller subset and all then that those primary voters usually care about are you know, who's the more radical version of their party.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I, I will say I do have a hypothesis why uh, kind of elected officials state level on down, down to you know, the smallest local branch, why some things slip through the cracks and why people get away with things. Honestly, the national media covers national races, national topics and stuff. But honestly, I'm a junkie, but it's hard for me to even follow what's happening at the state level, like what legislation's going through and stuff. And I think, honestly, I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm not a big fan of the media, but the lack of media attention on what's going on at the state level allows both sides to push through stuff that citizens probably wouldn't be cool with
0: yeah i absolutely agree that yeah.
1: the lack of information that it, they don't know what's going on until it hits them
0: the the media conversation I mean, even what we've discussed it it's it's always a national conversation that's always what everybody's a focus is um because it's become you know sports it's become just, yeah, a entertainment almost, you know, with the two different teams. And so they just look at the national arena and then, yeah, at the local level and at the state level, you you don't have the eyeballs because with the death of a lot of media outlets, there's not – it's not easy to cover. And so, I mean, that's where, you know, one of my pet projects in Livingston County was – to help increase transparency with you know, trying to get the county government to broadcast their meetings. So, OK, we're not going to have media covering them as easily, but at least make it more accessible for just the random voters to know what's going on. Um, and, and, yeah, fighting for transparency is not an easy, <laughs> easy thing, even though it's something the majority of the people support regardless of party.
1: That's something we agreed on, actually. I don't know if we ever talked about it, but I was like, "What the world? Why wouldn't you want people to know what's going on? What do you have to hide? Nothing really." Like, hey, we voted to pave this road. I mean, you don't need to hide it. Um, (laughs) Those
0: meetings are often very boring. I watch every single you know city of Brighton meeting, and they're boring. But I, I, I'm strange. I find them still fascinating in their boringness, and so you know it, it. and I am more aware then of what the city is doing because they enable me to see it at home at my convenience and I don't have to show up in person you know, on a week weeknight.
1: And as I knocked on doors when I was running for office, it's crazy and it's more sad than anything. It'd be like, hey, I'm James Bruni. I'm running for county commissioner wondering if you had any c- concerns at the county level. And the answer over and over would be like, oh, what do you guys do? And, and, yeah. and to me – uh, it's kind of a. I, the reason that transparency is important is, like, I don't want to force people to want to have to know, but I wish more people cared about right. what happens. Right. Um, yeah, I wish more
0: people cared. Because it affects them. The, what the local governments do. Have, yeah. And
1: here's it. here's another thing. Boy, I could get in trouble bringing this up, but, like, I'm sure you know they they voted for a pay raise for the commissioners. I'm like – uh Oh, yeah. some of my friends won't like it, but <laughs> I'm not saying you can't raise it. But wrong place, wrong time, and, and
0: <laughs> I'm uh, almost of the mindset though that you know, <laughs> I I'm almost on the other side. I, I don't. It doesn't really bother me if they vote themselves a pay yeah. raise because it has been so long. You know, if, if to what take, the world we're opposite on that. I know what, the and, world?
1: And, <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's not a lot of money. No, right. If I have it, gotten. to
0: small. You know, a small change and it's almost symbolic, which the symbolism I understand, you know, getting a pay raise in the middle of a pandemic with a potential revenue crunch that's going to come, you know, for state and local governments. Um, I get the the symbolism there is totally wrong. On the other hand, the symbolism of, you know, they've not had any pay increases in over a decade. Yeah. And And they don't get paid very much. No, no. It's not like they're getting wealthy from being a county commissioner. And so just showing that, okay, increased pay to kind of reflect the inflation, even, um, like that symbolism I I see as, okay, legitimate. So it's, I, I see it both ways. It really, I'm not up in arms against it I I don't really care to be honest
1: more than anything because politics fascinates me I, I it, because it is as much as, as a service it, there's a little of some of shift I'm like man that, forget the money part like that's just it's a goofy political move oh, yeah. not that everything the should be political but I'm like <laughs> I'm like same thing with recording the meetings I'm like boy uh, whether you want it done or not, it's just a bad luck. Yeah. Um, it's like hey, I not that it changes anybody's lives or anything. No, but it's kind of funny when I when I got into run, I'm like I definitely want to win, but I wasn't heartbroken that I lost because I know for the for the time they put in, it's, it is a very was it 15 grand yeah. hours and hours and hours. It probably would have cost me more time and money. Then you're like you have to do it because you love it, right? Nobody is pride doing that for the money, anyways, right? No, yeah,
0: yeah. It, it's for those who do want to serve their community, and and I mean, I serve on the Brighton Zoning Board, and yeah, I mean, you know, we don't meet that often, only when you know there's business before the board, um, and it's one of those where yeah, I'm not in it for the money. It's you know, a pittance if anything, but it's just about giving back to the community and helping to have a say and trying to, you know be that voice that you would want somebody else to be doing if you weren't doing it. And so, you know, when we see our local elected officials doing things we don't want, that is the reason, you know, the most compelling reason to get involved and run for it. You're not running for the paycheck, you're running because you think you could do a better job than the other person typically. Um and so that's where yeah, I mean, you know, with something about okay, you know, <laughs> I think at the State legislative level, I would love to see their pay get totally reformed to align their interests with the interests of the state. So, because I mean, they vote to give themselves pay raises pretty consistently. What I feel is their pay, you know, for a state representative should simply be the median income of the state population. You know, so that way, if they want to pay raise, their job is to raise up the middle. You know, it regrow the middle class, and they would personally benefit by seeing an increase in their pay. Um, and yeah, state senators, you know, the median plus ten percent or whatever. You know, have it be based on a metric that they influence. They influence what the median pay is in our state by what they pass out of Lansing. So if they want to you know increase their their pay, then yeah, they they would then have the same alignment rather than the agency problem. Of you know, voting themselves a pay raise while not having to worry about you know, what everybody else is doing.
1: Yeah, no, and and that's I I don't know the answer. Uh, I'll be honest, I am blessed with my career to really taking off. But part of me says, at first, when I was younger, I'm like, oh, that's a good paying job. Was it seventy thousand, eighty thousand? Yeah. But then part of me says, like, man, now I've, I'm like that would be a pay cut. Like you know. <laughs> yeah. Unless – I don't understand campaign finance. Unless people are making money through that some weird way, I don't know. But part of me, that lost its appeal a little bit to yeah. me because um, oh, yeah. like, I enjoy my family and I enjoy the income I make.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I mean a lot of them though because of term limits and such, they don't view their you know couple terms that they're allowed to have in office as being – where they're going to financially benefit. They I mean it's created a system where they line up their next job for when they get out of office and that next job is going to be well paying based on you know whatever favors they did for their employer, you know, that future employer while they were in office. And and that's a perverse system of,
1: of Sadly it's true. And I will say the more I've gotten involved in politics cuz I'll even call out my own side to hear like hey, that is how the game is played. And I don't know. I just wish uh, more people would be. And I know, I know how it is. People get in for the right reasons. The system eats them up and spits them out, and they're a different person. Um, I I just wish there's more people like like at all costs. There's no way I'm not doing what's best for my people, my state, or my country for no amount of money. Uh, like I couldn't be bought off because my integrity right is that high. Yeah. You know and. But I've never been a state rep or national office, but I'm sure the poll gets pretty hard on both sides. Uh, um, but <laughs> it, it it's just a foreign concept to me right now. Like, yeah. how could you do that? Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> well, and I mean, I, you know, nobody wants to think of themselves as a villain. Nobody, you know, views themselves as corrupt. It's, it's a chipping away and it, it it does sadly, you know, get to too many of them Um Where yeah, they then end up, you know, they they don't they tell themselves they're doing it for the right reasons, but you and I, you know, as the general population, would view their action, be like, no, that that wasn't that wasn't for the for us, it was for them personally.
1: Yeah, and the money trail, and that's why I want to be careful not just call it one side. I think both sides are guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, You follow the the trail of, especially at the national level, like they'd cozy up to people that do not have America's best interest in mind for the sake of money. Yeah. And to me I'm like how could you live
0: with yourself, man? Ooh.
1: That's craziness. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I think we've been going, yeah. So, let's uh Well, has wrap it been it like an
1: hour. Yeah. Holy this was a cow. good
0: conversation. I I got to say thank you so much for being willing to come on and you know, yeah, if you this is something you'd want to do again in the future, you know, a couple months down the road, like if you I I want to do more of this and I you know I'm hoping to bring on guests of you know even those yeah from my left you know I, I there's times when I disagree with them and me as a, an establishment they would disagree with me and so I want to have conversations with them libertarians I want to have conversa- I want to have you know get as many outside perspectives as I can to pierce my bubble and challenge me um but also just have the civil conversation like we just had and that you were willing to do this means a whole lot. I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And if I could just close with this is, uh, dare to get to know someone different than you. Don't just assume that, uh, as a Republican, James must be a environmental hating do nothing for the poor type person or whatever generalities, you know, uh, or religious bigot or whatever. And, uh, And on the flip side, Republicans dare to actually get to know a Democrat or somebody else and realize like, hey, they're not all the devil, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, because honestly, I think both sides, they play the wedge game where they try and fit you in. Oh, if you're evangelical, you have to vote this way. If you're white, this black, this, you know don't buy the label. We're all individuals. Yes. And and get to know people on the individual level instead of the label people put on them. Yes, so. and, and that's what we're
0: hoping to do. So thank Th- you so much, James.
1: Thanks for inviting me. I, I, right.
0: It was a good time. All right, thanks.